Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're going to read from Exodus chapter 3. And tonight, a little less of um, structure in the sense of you know, bullet points and such, but I do want to talk to us about two specific things. And I I think um, if we hear and receive this tonight and make sure this is who we are, it'll set us up very well for what God wants to do. And so um, we're going to read Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to Horeb, came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. So uh, this passage we're going to break down. Faith files, another, another file of a person's faith. We're looking at Moses. And this passage we just read, I talked from this passage a couple months ago, but uh, this passage that we just read is the beginning of Moses' calling into uh, what God was going to do through him in delivering the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And there's two things to notice here that God did to get Moses' attention. Little backstory Moses, we know, uh, was uh, saved by his mother. Uh, a, a way was made for Moses to be saved by his mother when the Pharaoh of Egypt uh, was trying to stop the Israelites' growth. You see, they had, uh, the Israelites had moved to Egypt during a famine. Joseph was made second in command, and Joseph's whole family, uh, his father being Israel, before named Jacob, uh, went to this land, and there were 70. It started out with 70. Time passed. 
more families, more babies, they grew. And it says specifically in the beginning of Exodus that a Pharaoh rose up that did not know Joseph. And so the good relationship uh, between the Israelites and the Egyptians was no longer there. This Pharaoh felt threatened. This Pharaoh was um, not keen on this idea of these Israelites dwelling in this land. And he noticed that they continued to grow. They continued to prosper. And so finally, he realized, I need to get control of this situation. These people, I need to oppress them. Otherwise, they will grow mightier than we and overtake us. So he put them in labor. In a, um, in a, it wasn't a willing labor. And so he is forcing them to build cities and temples to false gods and all these things. And there is a principle here that we see begin to unfold. As Pharaoh is oppressing the Israelites, they grow even more. As he tries to stop their growth, they grow more. As he tries to oppress them, they prosper. Until finally, he realizes, well, I need to kill every boy two years old and under. Kill them all. Uh, and that will stop the growth. And yet they still continue to grow mightier, prosper more, and grow. And in the middle of this oppression, the people of God prosper. Fast forward to the New Testament, we see the same principle unfold. As persecution is focused on the church and man's attempt to stop this church, this group of people that referred to themselves as the way, they tried to stop them, tell them, stop preaching in the name of Jesus, stop talking about this Jesus. They'd break into their homes, put them in prison, beat them, kill them, all of this. And this oppression and this persecution takes place in the early church. The church grows. It gets stronger. There's more people added to the church. People become more resolute. And so there's this, there is this weird uh, effect that as the world, as man tries to oppress and stifle the people of God, they just get stronger. They prosper and they grow. And, and so we see this principle begin to unfold. But finally, Moses um, <clears throat> sees this Egyptian uh, one day as Moses grows older and he ends up being a prince in the land of Egypt and such. He uh, sees these, these Hebrews being uh, beaten by this Egyptian taskmaster. And so he essentially kills this Egyptian taskmaster and uh, Pharaoh finds out about it and seeks to kill Moses. So Moses flees and it seems like Moses's life is over. It seems like Moses is done and he goes to the backside of this desert and ends up establishing a life for himself. And he's a shepherd and he's this shepherd in this wilderness for approximately 40 years until one day where we read in our text, Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He goes to the backside of this desert, even to the mountain of God at Horeb. And here we see that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. This is key to notice. Appears in the flame of fire in the midst of a bush. But yet the bush was burned with fire, yet it was not consumed. 
here and throughout Scripture, the Spirit of God is likened unto fire, a flame of fire. One prominent example is in Acts 2, when the Spirit of God descended upon those people and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spake in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the utterance, said it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them. So uh, the Spirit of God was likened unto fire. So here in this bush, we have the activity of the Spirit of God. And we know that it is a supernatural fire because even though this bush is on fire, it is not consumed. So it's not a natural fire. It's a supernatural fire. And so uh, with this, we have this typology of the Spirit of God, supernatural fire, supernatural. And Moses looks and notices the supernatural. He sees the activity of the Spirit of God on this bush. And that gets Moses' attention. The activity of the Spirit prepared Moses for what was next. Because now, take note, as Moses notices this bush that's on fire, yet it's not consumed, he notices it, he marvels at it, he realizes this is not like anything I've ever seen. It's not like any other bush that's on fire. It gets his attention, he marvels, and now he begins to walk towards it to see what's going on. It has his attention, he's interested, and then we read that in verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, then God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. So to break this down, we first see the activity of the Spirit of God, and then we hear the voice of God. The activity of the Spirit of God in this setting prepared Moses to hear the voice of God. Uh, he realizes and sees, I, I'm seeing something I've never seen before. It's got my attention. Uh, I'm astonished. I'm, I'm marveling at this fact that this bush is on fire, yet it's not consumed. And so now it's got his interest, and he moves towards it. And as he moves towards it, God realizes, I've got his attention. Now I can speak. My question to you today is what is God doing in your life that is conditioning you to be able to hear his voice? Have things been so good that you haven't taken time to listen? And so now things have become difficult and challenging so that you can be conditioned to hear his voice? Have some supernatural things been taking place in your life? that have caught your eye to make you realize this isn't just a coincidence. This isn't just uh, something that I can explain logically. It's supernatural. 
I realize there is supernatural activity by the Spirit of God taking place in my life. Now I'm ready to listen. You see, Moses may have ran if he hears this voice, but sees nobody. I probably would have. If you're hearing voices in the middle of the desert, that should make you concerned. So God, we see this principle over and over again. God moves and then God speaks. The move of God prepares people for the word of God. That's why we sing before we preach. That's why we worship before we hear the word. Because worship should be plowing the ground to prepare our hearts for the seed of the word of God to take root. But read the parable of Jesus talking about the different types of soil and how the seed that the sower was sowing, he scattered seed out and the seed would find good ground in some places, but in others it didn't. It's all because of the condition of the soil and the atmosphere and environment that the soil was in. Some times it was choked out with thorns and thistles. Other times the soil was really just a light layer on rock. And so the seed couldn't take root. And then other times the soil was good, fertile soil that when the seed would take root, it, it developed into what it was supposed to be. That's each of us. What is the condition of the soil of your heart? L look at your life. And if the word of God goes forth, Will the cares of your life choke out the word of God that is trying to spark faith in you? Or are there, um, are, are, are there habits or even sins or, or old mindsets that would serve as a thorn or a thistle to choke out the word of God as it's trying to make its way into your heart and spark faith in you, but it's choking it out? Or is your heart ready like a freshly plowed field? That when the word of God goes forth, you receive it. It sparks faith in you to believe what God wants to do. Worship in a corporate setting when we gather together is supposed to serve as a plowing, as a preparation for when that preached word of God goes forth. We see this principle even in the beginning of scripture, the creation story. Day one. We see right before God speaks, it says the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, brooded, hovered. It, it, there was this activity of the Spirit of God, and then God said, let there be light. God moves and then God speaks because the moving of God conditions us to hear him when he speaks. So what kind of activity of the Spirit of God is taking place in your life? We should hope God is moving in our life. If God isn't even moving, how are we going to hear him when he speaks? If we're not even, if we're not even willing to uh, invite the move of God into our life, how can we expect to hear the word of God? Is your ear tuned to God? Is your ear uh, sensitive to the voice of God? If not, 
You need to surrender to the Spirit of God and let Him move in your life so He can speak and say what He wants to say. Because if we don't respond to when He moves, we won't hear Him when He speaks. And if we don't hear Him when He speaks, we'll miss out on our purpose. You see, God was able to get Moses's attention through this supernatural fire in this bush that caused Moses to go to that place. Then God spoke. And when God spoke, he revealed to Moses his purpose. I feel very strongly that there's some people in new life that God is wanting to reveal his purpose to them. I'm not talking about just a saint. I'm not talking about just coming to church giving uh, to the calls and, and, and being faithful, and, and, and that's it. I, I believe in all of that is fine, and that is great, and it's a part of what we should do and who we should be, but God has purpose for his people. But the only way God reveals his purpose to people is through speaking to them. And so he'll move to prepare us, to get our attention, so that he can speak and reveal his purpose. And I believe God's trying to move in some people's lives so that they'll be like Moses and turn aside, get alone with God, take time to get alone with God, to see what's going on, to respond to the move of his spirit so that when he speaks, he can reveal his purpose to us. We need to make sure we know our purpose. We need to make sure that we are sensitive to the voice of God because that is what will cause us to go deeper in God. That's the thing that will cause us to have direction, to be confident, to have faith. And so uh, we need to make room in our lives for the supernatural, for supernatural encounters with God, for powerful prayer meetings, even in our home. That's when your most, when most of your prayer should take place is in your home because you spend more time at home than you do at church. So you should pray more at home than you do at church. And when we come together, each of our own individual private prayer lives should be joined together. And it should be obvious that each of us are praying on our own, spending time with God on our own throughout the week. Because it's noticeable then when we come together. So we must be like Moses and notice the activity of the Spirit of God in our life and turn aside and get alone with God to hear his voice so that he can reveal to us his purpose for us. And why is this important? First and foremost, for us individually, in our own relationship with God. But second of all, because this is the same way we will reach our world. People will see there's something different about you. The fact that you and I, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. If we have been filled with the Holy 
ghost, we are filled with a supernatural fire. In fact, you and I in this story could be the bush that we are being uh, set on fire with this supernatural fire. And that should get people's attention through our lifestyle, through how we treat others, through how we uh, act and, and live our lives should be a reflection to them that we're different. And it should serve the same purpose that this supernatural fire served with Moses. It should cause them to stop, turn aside, and want to check it out. That right there is the moving of the Spirit of God, preparing people to then hear the Word of God. With that in mind then, if nobody sees anything different in us than they do with anyone else, it's for two reasons. One, we have no fire. Or two, we're hiding our fire. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot and should not be hid. He talked about uh, hiding our light under a bushel, a candle. Light, you don't light a candle and then hide it under a bushel. Why? Because there's no purpose then in the light. Light is meant to be seen. Fire has a purpose. It changes uh, its atmosphere, creates obviously heat, it's light. And, and so what we must understand is if we go to church, great. But if we don't leave changed, if there's not something in us that is causing us to be able to respond to the move of the Spirit of God and hear the voice of God, then we need to check ourselves. Because in this hour, God is moving. And in this hour, God is speaking to His people. He is also drawing people back to him. People that have walked away. People in the church that have become complacent. And even though they never left services, their heart is no longer in it. God is trying to move on those people. And then ultimately, God is also reaching for new people through the working of his spirit. First and foremost, let us not be people in the church that may be attending services, but there's no fire. There's no uh, sensitivity to the Spirit of God, which means then we won't be able to hear the voice of God. And then in turn, let us be that bush that is ignited with a supernatural fire.
that causes people to realize they're not like every other church. There's something different about this church. That is what we must be known as. There's something different about this church, and it can't be (laughs) because they're weird. I mean, I'm sure some people will think that. But the Spirit of God must come to the forefront of who we are, that people recognize there's something different. And let that not be a turnoff, but let that be a drawing, the Spirit of God drawing, so that they will come and they will hear. Prime example of this as I wrap up is this past Sunday. I, I don't know if many of you seen it. I know a couple did, but uh, I was preaching and it was early on in the message. And I look out and see uh, this woman walking her dog. And she's walking and I see people walk by all the time. And uh, I'm in my mind hoping they'll stop. Most of the time they don't, but they're listening kind of as they're walking. This time though, this lady, uh, you can tell she's listening from the moment she comes within range of hearing. And she slows down as she gets closer to where we're gathered. She's walking along the sidewalk. Finally, she just stops with her dog and sits down in the grass. Somebody takes her chair, which was great. Awesome to to, uh, pick that up and good job. But she takes the chair. She sits in the chair. Her dog's next to her and she listens to the whole message. And I connect with her after service and and, and she uh, enjoyed it, said it was awesome and, and she hopes to be back this coming Sunday. What's interesting is the Saturday before we had met for prayer, and one of the things we prayed was that people, as they're passing by, that they would stop and that they would listen. And the very next day, somebody, as they're passing by, they stop and they listen. We don't know everything God's doing in our life. We don't know how it's all going to work out. But what we do know and what we can do is we can be a people who are set on fire with the supernatural fire of the Spirit of God. And if we put Jesus at the forefront of who we are, he will draw. But Jesus cannot be at the forefront of who we are if we are not willing to be sensitive to his Spirit, to respond to his Spirit, to let his Spirit move in our lives, individually, at home, and at church when we gather together. We must make room for the Spirit of God because this moving of the Spirit of God makes way for the voice of God to be heard corporately and individually and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my plea, my challenge to you is Let the Spirit of God move in your life, in your home, in your family. And when we gather together, let's let the Spirit of God move because then we will be able to hear the voice of God. 
And that's when things change. Purpose is revealed. Callings go forth. Direction is given. And our faith rises. We must be people of the Spirit. We must be people of the Word. We must be people of praise, people of prayer. And when we commit ourselves to those things, there will be something different about us that people will see and it will draw them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these wonderful people who are committed to your calls. And God, I ask tonight that this word would resonate in us. God, I pray that there would be uh, a moving in each of our spirits, that we would make room for your spirit to work in our lives. Put a hunger and desire in us like never before to simply want your spirit to move in our lives. Whatever you got to do to move on us, we ask move on us. God, prepare us to hear your voice. Let our heart and mind be sensitive. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive, Lord. And I pray more than anything else, set us on fire with that supernatural fire of your spirit. And everywhere we go, God, I pray that we would impact the atmosphere, that we would impact the atmosphere of the store we visit, of the job we work at, of our neighborhood, God, I pray, and put a boldness in us, Lord God, to be who you've called us to be, even in this hour that we're living in. Let us not be dismayed or discouraged, but let us be determined more than ever. We're going to let our light shine, and we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives, in our families, in our church, and in this city. Let it come in earth as it is in heaven, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.